uh, you want to hear a cool testimony? I don't think Vern and Kathy are here, are they? No, okay. They said they might be, but... Um, so they have a house down in Pagosa. Different Vern and Kathy? They're not here, are they? No, okay, never mind. So anyway, they have a house in Pagosa, and there's... They, so she sent me... When was this? Um, it was right after our, our fellowship Wednesday night. So it says, I got a call from the neighbor. We have a home from Pagosa Springs. There's a fire really close to our house and severe winds. A neighbor was concerned. She wanted to know if I wanted to go into my house and get some sentimental things. Um, if you and Barb and the prayer team would just agree with us in prayer, another, that not only our home, but the homes on that ranch and the wildfire are all protected. The winds supernaturally decrease and the fire goes out. Thank you so much. Sorry to contact you after a long evening, but so how do you do it? We're, we're getting pretty good at this fires thing, actually. <laughs> we really are. It's fun. I get, I get excited when this stuff happens because it's just a chance to experience God versus worry, right? And so we're like, yeah, of course. So this is literally all we did, guys, with them, Vernon and Kath. We were just like, let's just see them. Uh, if we look at all the prayer verses, does it ever say that you won't get what you desire? It never does. It's such a fascinating thing. And so... Um, we just saw it as, hey, you know what? It, it subsides, and we get a message from them, like, amazing. It's done. So Thursday morning, 925, last night, last night up on our mountain, people could see the flames of two fires so close to our house. We just, we just spoke with a friend, quote, all is well. She doesn't know what happened. There's not even any smoke. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? We all know, that, we all know what happened. Thank you all. Blessings. Look forward to church. So isn't that cool? That's how it works in anything, guys. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. It's not this begging, freak out. There's, how many of you guys know there's no emergencies in the kingdom? Like zero, none. It's just go within, do what we're sharing, and trust that it's real. Isn't that what we do? That's what we do, right, Ash, in the prayer team? That's, and it's fun, isn't it? We've got a pretty good track record on that. Like anybody who's ever, their house is near it, the house, fires just go right around it, including ours. Isn't that wild? So some of you guys aren't from here. We get fires a few times in Colorado and New Mexico and all this area. So anyway, um, I'm excited to share this with you. Oh, let's just go to the first slide. Um, we'll get after this thing. Oh, can we, is there, did I have a picture? Yeah, no, 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 that's good. Here, let me get this. So I wrote some notes on this. This is kind of cool. So. Some of you guys know I'm, I geek out on the Hubble telescope because I just think it's fascinating. We get a glimpse into like how vast. So this is an infrared image. Most of you guys have seen those pillars of creation, you know, with a non-infrared image. They're, they're just fascinating. So this is an infrared image, but look at all those stars. Is that crazy? Like how far away? So they estimate that 6,500 to 7,000 light years away. Now, to give you a perspective, a light year is a distance. It's like, how far does light travel at the speed of light in one year? And it's, it's really hard for us to imagine, but um, I'll just give you some, what this looks like. So the speed of light is 186,000 miles every second. 186,000 miles. That's called first class travel. And I'm convinced before my lifetime, we're going to do it. We're going to translate. I just, I believe that. It's because we see it in Star Trek and all these different things. They go, if you can imagine it, it's real. 
So I just, I know it's going to happen. And they used to do it. Like the, a lot of, I, I, I get fascinated by reading the old mystics because the mystics used to do it. And then we got technology and have airplanes and all this stuff. I'm like, why do you do that? It takes so long. I'm like, why don't you just go there when you want to go there? I'm like, oh, that's, geez, yes, Father, we need to do that. Anybody else want to do that? It's even better than business class. So anyway, so 186,000 miles per second. To give you some perspective, every second you would circle the earth seven and a half times. That's moving, isn't it? So that, so every second it goes 186,000 miles. And a light year is that speed, the distance that light would travel in a year, not a second. Think about that. So they estimate that 6,500 to 7,000 light years away. So take 7,000, well, you'd have to take, uh, let me see if I can do this in my head real quick. So 186,000 miles per second times 60 seconds in a minute times, I used to be pretty good at this. Uh, I'm not even going to try. Kobe probably remember cancellation of units, right? Math 346B, it's at the Air Force Academy. So I used to be pretty good at it, but it's big. It's a big number. You know what's else? I was thinking about this. Is a lot of you guys know E equals MC squared, right? Where C is the speed of light squared, which Einstein said. So energy equals mass. And that's what he was saying. It goes in and out of phase, right? So I was thinking about this today. Just what we do within when we, when we see and the energy we create when we see and feel as if it's already been done. If you take energy and divide it by c squared so that speed of light squared that energy becomes a very small number doesn't it meaning this to me is like it doesn't take very much energy to create that mass in actuality if you ever think about it because you people are like how in the world could that ever work like you mean we just we just get emotional about something and see it as if it's already done and and then that works somehow i'm like yeah that's that's really how it works if you isn't that fascinating to me, it is. I, I get so enough of that. But I want to show you this. Is so we see all these magnificent things. We look at that thing, like all those the the galaxies and the stars and, and how vast that is. And Scripture says this. And scripture says all creation speaks of Him. It's really about a much bigger idea. And the idea is this: is if all creation speaks of Him, and He's one with us, a joint heir. All this really points to is a greater truth that. When we see the heavens and the galaxies and all the Old Testament stories and even the New Testament, where are the heavens? What's it really pointing to? It's pointing to the limitlessness in man. He's going, you think that's magnificent. You are my greatest creation. You for the display of my splendor. Isn't that wild? So what he's trying to show you is he goes, look at how magnificent creation is. And you're my highest creation. You're the apple of my eye. You are the one that all this, that magnifies. Is that cool or is that cool? I just think it's fascinating to me. So if we look at that thing and how vast that is, now we can go to that next slide, Jeff. Is, uh, <clears throat> Isaiah 40 talks about this. So Isaiah, he's talking about this God, this magnificent God who we look at those things and we look at the galaxies and we look at all creation and everything going on. He said, I palm it with my hand. He's like, it's nothing to him. It's just this. So if it's nothing to him, who is it nothing to? You and I. That's what I'm trying to get across to you guys. So he says, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads the nursing ewes. So here's this, this magnificent God that creates this wild creation, but the whole focus is you and I, the, the display of his splendor. So here's this, this God that can span the galaxies, the light years with his hand and go, like palm of basketball, yet he loves and nurtures us and tender with us. That's pretty crazy to me when you start thinking about that. So he says... He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart, which are you and I. He gently leads the nursing ewes, 
who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? So he takes all the oceans and just like a measuring cup goes, it's nothing to me. It's limitless to me. That's who you are. That's who you carry. He measures the waters in the hollow of his hand. He marks off the heavens with the span of his hand. So he takes the span of his hand and he goes, you see those 6,000, 7,000 light years? It's just like my hand. It's not a big deal to me. That's just who I am. I'm magnificent. And so I just wrote all these magnificent Old Testament verses point to an even greater truth. What's the greater truth that it points to? You and I. So think about, he's trying to show you how limitless this stuff is. And then he goes, by the way, I dwell within flesh. The great mystery that's been hidden for ages is I dwell in you. And you're that limitless if you start to understand it. So he spans the heavens with his hands, loves and cherishes his flock like a shepherd. Yet this God is as close as our next breath. He dwells within human flesh is what he says. He goes, I don't tabernacle in in buildings made by hands. I tabernacle in you you and I, skin tents. He dwells within human flesh. We're seamless in union. In Luke 12, Jesus tells us, we see a lot of stuff going on right now, don't we? And here's his message to us. Fear not, little flock. He's talking to all of us. For it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So if you're given something, that that carries a much different meaning than having to earn it or struggle for it or strain for it or work for it, isn't it? If I give you something. So in a a son-father context, if you receive a gift, if you receive, if I'm going to give you something, they refer that to the inheritance. I received from my father, right? So here's your inheritance, guys. You don't have to fear. You don't have to worry about stuff because the father gives you what? The kingdom. He goes, it's my father's good pleasure. I, I delight in this. I'm going to give you everything. So how does it work if we have the kingdom? And most people, because we don't look at and think of what the kingdom is, Young's little translation it's, it's that Greek word basilia I've been showing you. So the father has given you and I, his little flock, his royal rule and reign. So when the fires start coming up to the house, we can, we can bow to it and go, yep, it's over. Now, if something, if you don't grasp this yet and nobody's prayed for it and something happens to you, I want you to know there's, you didn't lose anything. Don't feel bad. Like everybody's kind of learning in their journey, but you didn't learn any, lose anything. He restores everything. So you didn't lose anything unless you go, I lost it. When you realize you're still a joint heir and own the whole thing, you go, oh, learning curve. Won't do that again, right? And then just receive it back. Whatever you think you quote unquote lost, just receive it. Does that that make sense to you guys? Because I think sometimes like word of faith can make you start to feel bad. Like, are you telling me? I'm like, yeah, but I don't want you to feel bad about it. Like, because sometimes that happens, doesn't it? Like there's so much pressure on you because they, they treat it in the wrong way. They're going, if you would have done this and if you would have prayed more and fasted more, guys, it's, it's an instant in prayer. It, it's nothing like this long, drawn-out thing, which we'll share tonight. So that's that royal rule and reign. Young's little translation actually says it. Fear not, little flock, because it's your father's delight to give you the reign. They actually put it correctly in the Young's literal. Because the kingdom kingdom's been taught in so many ways. Like To most people, expanding the kingdom is going and doing a missions trip in South America and they baptized some people. We expanded the kingdom. No, you didn't. It, no, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't do anything because they don't know who they are yet. It, they, you you, in, in, you, you in, introduced them into a religion is really what you did. And nothing wrong with that if you did it. But I think the gospel now is so much more fun to share, isn't it? Going, do you, do you realize who you are and what this is? And to the heathen, when you go, you're included. You mean he loves me perfectly? Always has. Always will. That's just beautiful to me. So fear not. 
It's the Father's good pleasure to give you his royal rule and reign. So he's given you his royal rule and reign. So if he's given us his royal, royal rule and reign, don't you think we should teach people how to, how to do it? <laughs> like, versus argue about it. To me, that's what I'm all about. I don't want to argue about stuff. And like, well, you guys, when you're just, you can finish arguing about theology. In the meantime, we're doing it. We're, we're going over here and having a blast and as, as your house burns down in the forest fire, we're actually keeping others out. <laughs> well, you know, like, oh, no, guys. Anyway, you understand what I'm saying, right? Wouldn't it be better to, like, not have your house burn down than to argue about theology? In my opinion, it's better, even though I wanted our house to burn down because it would actually would have been easier for me. But anyway, but these guys prayed. <sighs> Stupid kingdom. <laughs> it's actually a true story. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't want to sell my house and all the house trees are burned down, all my neighbor's houses, except my neighbor's houses are going down. Like left and right, they're just going to check and like, another one's down, another one's down. I'm like, oh, just burn it, Lord. And then they're like, dad, don't worry, we prayed. Oh. All right, awesome. So, <laughs> so it stood. Anyway, let's go to the next slide. <laughs> let's go to the next slide. What I should have done, if I really understood this, is exactly what happened. We sold it that week looking like the moon. All lodgepoles all over our property, and the house is perfect, and no smoke damage, nothing. And I'm like, who's going to want to buy this? First week, full price. Isn't that crazy? So anyway, all right. So if, he, if it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom, so he has given us the kingdom. This is our inheritance, guys. So our royal rule and reign, he's given it to us. So how does it work? So you guys are all familiar with the parable of parables in Mark 4 and the other Gospels. In, the, in Mark 4, Jesus asks, what shall we like in the kingdom? What, what's it like? He goes, what is the, what is the kingdom of God like? What, what can we compare it to? And then he gives you all the different parables about seeds. The mustard seed. The, he, he's trying to get you, what, what is the kingdom like? So how does your royal rule and reign work? Now, some of us were taught you got to spit a lot and tongue and all this different stuff. Totally missing this part. Where he says, how does it actually work? And sometimes we just stumble on it. By the grace of God, he's like, yeah, you spit enough and you tongued enough. I'll give it to you already. So that's not how it works. He goes, it's like this. It's this effortless. And so um, so then you, you appreciate this. Just so you guys come in. I was talking to Doug Bishop yesterday, and he was talking about this as he was going. We were kind of discussing what we were going to share tonight. And he goes, you know what, Mike? He goes, when we planted wheat in Nebraska, we did absolutely nothing but receive the harvest. We planted the wheat seed and let it harvest. And he goes, here's how your royal rule reign works. You plant a seed and you don't struggle for it. You don't work for it. You receive it. Now, is that fun or is that fun? Now, it's so contrary to everything you've been taught that it's tough for people to get. But I'm telling you, that's how it works. We didn't go on. When we pray, we ask, we don't go any long drawn out prayers, do we? We literally, we go, all right, let's, let's see. Let's see the end as if we desire it. So we plant that seed within. He goes, the kingdom's within. It's in the secret place of the Most High. So if it's, if it's, uh, and we got into this a little bit Wednesday night on the online fellowship, because I, I hear a lot of the words even, if, if you're trying to manifest it, you're trying too hard. If you go, I'm going to produce it by meditation, I think you're still trying too hard. I love meditation. I, I, I enjoy it. But you see it as done. You don't have to do a thing. If you start to get nervous, whatever, yeah, yeah, go meditate. Go see your end desires if it's real again until you get emotional, excited about it. But you doing that doesn't make it happen. Does that make sense to you? The minute you saw it, that's enough. 
what you do between the cherubim, what you do in the secret place of the Most High, where you meet God face to face, and accept it that, yeah, you know what, Father? I thank you. This is the confidence that we have in you. If we ask anything in your name, we have what we've asked for. So if I see it and I've asked, thank you, Father, I need this, whether it's financial, whether it's health, whether it's, hey, you know what, don't let my house burn down. You know what, thank you, Father. I was struggling with this, but I just cast that to you and I see it exactly if I want it. Receive it. You have it. Now, all, that, all receiving it literally means is accept it as true. Yeah, that's true. Cool. And go about your business. You don't struggle for it. You don't, strain, you don't work at it at all. And then all the abbots will come by all the religious people. I'm telling you that you, the abbots are just not there. This is how it works. He goes, what should we liken the royal? Think about this. How this universe works, how his royal reign works, how God reigns, he imagines it between the cherubim. And he goes, that's enough. And it comes to pass. Is that wild or is that wild? Then prayer gets kind of fun. And just, if you, if you, just try it on something little if you don't, if, you don't, uh, if, that's, if some of this stuff is too big for you. Do it on something stupid. Like, um, I don't know, what do people pray for? A car. Well, that's a lot for some people, but I agree with you, right? It's, uh, it's kind of fun when you start talking to people. In fact, Doug, I'm, he didn't, I didn't ask if I could share some things, but he was sharing some things kind of like that. He's like, I know this works, man, because I also did this, and one was about a car. And he's like, the next thing I know, I have this. And uh, anyway, it's just fun, but you can start doing it for anything, guys. Isn't that fascinating? It's my father's good pleasure to give you his royal rule and reign, and here's how simple it is. So if you want a car... What do you see yourself having? A car. That's it. That's the seed. Now let it manifest. Let it come to pass. I don't want to use that word because a lot of New Agers use it. And then I see people now starting to like, I'm manifesting this. I'm like, no, you just went into works, man. Like, it's not that hard. You literally just see it and accept it as true and go about your business and it'll come. Isn't that wild? That would be royal rule and reign. If, the, if When God says, my yoke is easy, how easy is that? Is that easy or is that easy? To me, it's pretty easy, and it's, it's worth anything. Now, here's what's happened. Um, we've, and I, I love, I, I've shared this so many times, but it's really, this reminds me of this all the time. With Bishop Oedipo, he says this, and I'll show you a verse which just exemplifies this. He goes, most of you have lived among the humans too long, and you've forgotten who you are. I'm like, yes. We, he, does, he goes, you don't know you're, you're the sons and daughters of God. You're created in his image. You're one with him. Now, if I'm one with God, then I should walk around differently, shouldn't I? Not, not just like it's not a big deal when stuff happens because guess what? Oh, don't worry, little flock. It's my father's. He's given me the royal rule and reign. I just settle myself down, see it as if I want it, and that's enough. Now, let it come. Is that simple? That's operating out of his rest. That's literally just going, I have his royal rule and reign and the, let the yabbits do their thing, but you are not limited to what you see with your senses. In fact, that's the flesh man. That's that struggle you see in all the scriptures where this nation versus that nation, this brother against that brother, this flesh against the spirit. It's all the same story. And it's really like learning how to operate in who you are, your true identity, which is one with the Father. Amen? Does that help you? Uh, yeah, so his royal rule and reign does not come by struggle. It doesn't come by strain. You can't... Think about this. Um... When Doug planted his wheat seed, what can we add to it? What can we add to omnipotence? What can we add to God's powers if we have a play in this, right? Can you add anything to the seed, really? Um, I know, uh, ladies, when you're pregnant, what did you add to it, really? 
It's coming, right? If you're pregnant, you're pregnant. It's coming. What are you doing to that baby? Really nothing, right? It's going to come. The seed was planted, isn't it? And it's coming. That's how it works. That's really, that's really a fascinating thing. Now, I could get into a whole other story, which I'd love to do, but that takes too much time. Like most of the stuff I see now, ladies, just ignore it about all the pregnancies. And it's like nonsense what I'm hearing. Like, look at the Hebrew woman. If you go look at the scriptures, the Hebrew woman, like what I loved what she, she didn't change a thing. We just had babies. Well, I'm pregnant. I got to do this. No, you, no, that worry is going to cause that. Stop it already. That worry, I'm pregnant. It's nothing. That seed, it's going to come. Does that, does that make sense to you? Again, if I'm stepping on toes, it's like, it's just an easier, better way. Just, just let it come. The seed was planted. You're pregnant. Don't do anything to it. Just accept it and receive it. Amen? Because I think doctors start getting you worried. Well, this and this and this and this. And they're like, no, no. Guys, we, in Africa, we saw ladies give birth without a womb. I remember Bishop going, do you want a womb or do you want a baby? You think God doesn't know how to produce a baby? You don't need a womb. And I'm like, that is so awesome. It's like so crazy awesome to me. It really is because I like medicine. I'm like, that's a different thought, man. And she was up there, right? She's like, yeah, I didn't, my womb was removed. And she had some, some health issues. And her, her, literally her, her, her uterus was removed. And, and he's like, I told her, do you want a baby or do you want a uterus? I want a baby. Then have a baby. I'm like, that's so awesome. That's royal rule and reign. I'm trying to show you some crazy stuff because it stretched my brain when I saw some of that going, whoa, this is different. This is, this is not like Sunday school. This is operating in the kingdom of who you really are, just a loved son and daughter that he's given you his royal reign. Is that radical or is that radical? You don't need a womb. If you want a baby, you get a baby. Plant a seed as a baby. That's so awesome to me. I don't know if it's awesome to you, but I, I just, I love that kind of stuff. So you simply accept what's true. What you see within is true between the cherubim, and you allow it to happen to you. Plant the seed and it happens. Amen? Does that make sense to you guys? All right, let's go to this next slide. So I'm trying to show you how simple this is. All right, this is where it gets fun. I, I, we've, we're all familiar with these scriptures, but I want to like, dig into this a little bit. So whether it's talking about the, the rich man entering into the kingdom, etc., most of you were taught like the rich man entered the kingdom is whether he's going to go to heaven or hell, Right? But if you look at it, that's not even what he's talking about at all. Because it's my father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, which is royal rule and reign. And so he's talking about the rich man. Because the rich man, back then, it's, I think there's several meanings. Because a lot of times when he talks about the rich man and serving mammon, etc., he's really talking about the, the religious system of the day. The high priest with all of his garments and all the jewels and gold and everything else. And uh, to them, whether you were rich or poor meant whether you were blessed or not. Because you're under the Deuteronomy 28, good, bad, cursed deal. And so if you were rich, that meant obviously you were blessed by God. You were in the kingdom to them. And then Jesus is throwing a double whammy on him here. And he's going, it's really hard for that guy because he's going to trust in his own efforts, his own riches, versus just operate freely in the kingdom. You see what he's saying here? Because it's really difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom. Now, And that's right before these scriptures. And then what's really fascinating about the disciples... The disciples' question was this. Well, who then can get in? Because they were taught that if you're rich, that's, that's obvious that God's blessing you. Most of them were doing it out of their own effort. So to, then to try to tell them, no, you can receive it for free, takes away all their own effort. It takes away pride. It takes away all that stuff. I just think there's a better way. I think it's just receive it. Receive it for free. Amen? Versus struggling and straining for it. So then we get to this scripture. 
Because they said, well, who then can be sozoed? And it's healed, it's delivered. That, that word is literally, it's not you going to heaven or hell. He's like, who can be healed? And he says this, with man, this is impossible. And that, that word man is anthropos. It's, it's mankind. And what Jesus has pointed to them to here is, don't think of yourself as a mere human. He goes, with anthropos, it's impossible. But with God, and we'll unpack this a little bit. With God, all things are possible. And I, oh, I just look at the English translation. I go, oh, it's so much more rich than that. So here's what he's saying. If you were just a mere human, it's impossible. But when you realize you're in union with God, think about to the Jews he's talking about. God's this so holy, so magnificent, so mighty that they don't even write his name. And then he's going, you're, you're in union with him. Like how radical a thought is that? Well, it's actually radical thought for Western Christians too, but... Um, He's going, you're not merely human. Jesus has pointed to their divine union. With God, that, that with God in the Greek is <clears throat> para de theo. And para, where we get, some of you guys remember like paraclete for the Holy Spirit. Para is this nearness, the side by side. It has a reference to union. So what he's trying to show them there, <clears throat> and then I just looked up theo, is God, the creator, owner, sustainer of all things. So think about that. God, the creator, the owner, and sustainer of all things I'm in union with. So he goes, here's what he's showing them. With man, this is impossible, what you just asked me. But when you finally get, guys, you're paradetheos. You're in union with God, the creator of everything, and the owner of everything, and the sustainer of all things. That's who you're one with. That's a different thought, isn't it? Now, I just wrote, you don't have to let reason and what you see with your senses dictate what is possible because God says the kingdom of God, the royal rule and reign does not come with anything observable. So if we want to change anything we see observable, we don't do it by our own efforts by observing something. Follow me? Because the royal rule and reign, you can't see. That's the whole pictures of the, 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 the holiest of holies where we go face to face with God. And he says that, that temple place, that secret place of the most high is in here. And that's, that, frankly, that's why you see right now is like some people are scared to death of this little thing that's inert, a virus, and others are going, huh, it's not a thing because they spend their time in here. And you could set two people here. One understands it, one doesn't. One's going to get it and one's not. Wouldn't you rather be the one who doesn't get it? Like you're going to be exposed to it, but you're not going to get it. That's what I'm trying to get off you guys. Like I want it. Give it to me because I want to like, I'm done with it. Amen. I want to spit antibodies on people and just like everywhere I go, it's just we clean house, man. So that's what I do when I go into the place. I got my little, my little protector. I said, I'm going to wear this thing until it like dies. I'm just I'm glad. That I do. I, take, I go, give me the dirty ones. So anyway, because I understand that I'm in, I'm in union. I'm not trying to be arrogant and whatever. It's just there's a different understanding. Does that make sense? Is uh, So... You're not human. That's why it says, be a doer of the word. And a doer of the word is you look in a mirror and you see who you truly are. You're one with God, the creator and owner and sustainer of all things. Now, when you go out in the world and things don't look quite right, be a doer of the word. Remember who you are. That's what Paul says. Remember who you are. You're, you're not mere human. You're not anthropos. How is this possible? If you were just a mere human, it's not. But you are paradetheos. You're in union with the creator, the sustainer, and the owner of everything. You call, talk about marrying up. That's what we did. Amen? Well, he did it to us. He married down. 
<laughs> so that's a good deal, isn't it? But then this word possible, I hate it because it would be like this. Because I, I think in English, we, we have this idea of possible. Yeah, it's possible. Is there any assurance in that? No, to me, it's not. Like, well, yeah, that's a possibility. When I hear somebody say that, like, there's no faith in that. Yeah, that's possible. And I can tell they're rolling their eyes going, jeez. What do you mean I can have a baby without a uterus? <laughs> Hasn't he listened to Dr. Fauci? Right? <laughs> Sorry. He said it has got to be true. Holy smokes, man. Really? We got some work to do to teach people who they are. Amen? So, anyway, so I don't like possible because I was showing Barbara. I go, possibility seems like this to me. Like I had a nickel and a penny. I go, I could possibly give you the nickel or the penny. If you needed the nickel and God's and prayer was a possibility, that sucks to me. Because, that, and that's how most of us were taught prayer. Well, geez, I'm asking for the nickel, but I might get the penny because all things are possible. So he might, he possibly might say no. He doesn't answer my prayer. All the goofiness that we were taught about prayer, isn't it? So let's unpack this word possible. You guys know where dunamis is in dunatos, right? Where it's the dunamis of God. It's literally his might, his strength. His, he's the almighty one. It's that word. Now, is that different than possible? All things are possible versus you are mighty. All things are mighty. And literally when you get into it. So he says, you are dunamatos. All things are doing. So he says, any possibility you have the divine might to do. Now that's better, isn't it, than possible? Because, <clears throat> so possible, strong dunatos. And then I'll show you in the next slide or right after this, but it says, in the Septuagint, so I, I'm, I copied it right out of Bible Hub. Septuagint, guys, is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. So, in the Old Testament, they used the word gibor, which is able, powerful, mighty, strong. And when they translate it to Greek, they used dunatos for gibor. Does that make sense? So anytime they saw might, strength, the unlimited power of God, when they translate it to Greek, they used the Greek word dunatos. That's that word there versus, yeah, it's possible. And he's going, everything you have the might to do. There's no questions in that now. And that's what he's saying. So this is really wild though. So that word gibor... So what is this mighty, able, strong? When we see it in Isaiah 9, 6, so we see it here. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Here's what he's saying, guys. All of you, it's really the answer to the question when, when Jesus asked Peter, Peter, who do you say that I am? Because everybody goes, some people are saying Elijah, some people this, and then he goes, Peter, but who do you say that the son of man is? That was the question. So all of us were birthed by our mother, were we not? So we're sons or daughters of men. So he's going... Who are we? Who are the sons of man? Peter, who do you say? And what was Peter's response? The son of man is the son of God. Our real true birth, our true surname, we're birthed from above. Gods give birth to gods. Goats give birth to goats. But when you're birthed from above, he goes, who is the son of man? Anybody that's born of flesh, their true identity is the son of daughter of God. I'm going to use daughter so you, you get it. So I think son of God, we only think of Jesus all the time. So here's what he's saying. A son is born. We're all born. But then all of a sudden, when we get the revelation of who we've always been, now you get sonship. Does that make sense? And then he tells Peter, he says, upon that revelation, I'm building my church. And we've turned it into the Pope. <laughs> 
Good Lord. So, sorry, all my Catholic friends, but that's not who it is. That's not what's going on. Peter was giving him some, something much more brilliant. You're, you're the Pope if you want to be. You're the Son of God. That, actually, that's what my name is. Popovich means Son of the Pope. Pretty weird, huh? So, I'm about as far from that as you can get. But anyway, uh, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. So the government's on his shoulders, and then he says this. I've given it to my little flock. I've given you my royal rule and reign. Is that wild? And he will be called wonderful, counselor, and then it's mighty God. It's El Gabor. That's that word. So when we think of the might of God, might of God, he says, you have the might of God. You have the Gabor. Is that cool or is that cool? So when he's saying this, a child is born, a son is given, the government will be on your shoulders. Amen? And you are his might. You have his, I just use that mighty, it's used often in the Old Testament, but I thought that really gives us a pretty good picture of this ableness, this might, this magnificence that he's trying to get across, this Gabor. Versus, it's possible. That just, that's a bad translation to me. Like, possible just doesn't sound good to me. Versus, El Gabor, mighty God. Doesn't that sound different? Yeah, it's possible. No, mighty God. All things are possible when you're in union with mighty God, El Gabor. Amen? God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's that word, Gabor. So I want to show you. Now, if we go to this next slide. So I'm like, oh, let me go look at Gabor. Now, the royal rule and reign, he says, ask and you shall receive. It's that simple, isn't it? We shouldn't make this any harder than that. So, all right. So if we have his might with God, with, with, if, you're just, if you understand that you're just a mere human, anthropos, you're, you're kind of helpless. You become a victim. But when you realize that you're one with El Gabor, so this, this Gabor, whatever this might is, has to happen pretty effortlessly. Because he says the kingdom of God doesn't come by this or that. It's by spirit. Amen? So it can't be our, our physical works or anything like that. So I, I'm like, I wonder what Gabor means in the Hebrew. So it says, and some of you guys probably can't see it online, but when, we, when you look closely, it reads right to left. And so it's Gamel. It's kind of like an upside down Y, but it's supposed to look like a camel where we get the word camel, Gamel. So, and then it's Bet. And then it's Vav. It's just like straight up and down. It's like a nail. And then Resh, the back of a man's hand or head. So Gabor. And it's an adjective. It means strong, mighty, one who magnifies himself, behaves proudly, a tyrant, who's bold, who's audacious. When you tell a lady, do you want a uterus or do you want a baby? Is that bolder than audacious? And it happened. That's bad to the bone to me stuff. And it's not because you have to have any of this magnificent faith, anything like this. The kingdom's effortless. It's his royal rule and reign. It's understanding who you are. When you realize you're one with El Gabor. Amen? So, but this is where it really gets wild. So those three words, Gamel, the first one that looks like an upside down Y. It's a, it's a camel that carries you to your destination. That's the picture in, in Hebrew. So, oh, I shouldn't have put this down here because I'm giving it away. But Bet is inside the house or tent within the house. So like Bet um, Bar, which is son, is Bet Resh. So uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's the leader of the house. This, the man's head of the house is bar, son. Does that make sense to you? That's how all the Hebrew words work. So bed is, bed is the house. Now, who's the house? You and I, we're the tabernacle. 
right? We're the, we're the house within. So all these Old Testament stories are really about you and I. So he says, bed is inside the house or within the house. Vav is, I'll, I'll dig into this Vav a little bit because it's awesome. Vav is a hook or nail that attaches us to something and rushes a man's head. So you have the Gabor or the might of the omnipotent God within. You don't have to add anything to it. Like just like he goes, it's, it's just like a seed. He goes, it's like a seed. When you plant what you desire in your heart, you see it as if you have it. It's going to effortlessly come to you. Now, if we, if we unravel that Gabor, this is the might of God we have, that El Gabor. Remember, this is from the word possible. This is your possible, if we really get into the Hebrew. This is what you have. The unlimited might of God, or the Gabor of God, will carry you to the destination of what you see within your mind, the tabernacle of God, and attach yourself to it. Now, is that wild or is that wild? Now, I'm going to share it. I just, I want to dig into this Vav a little bit because we see yud Hey vav Hey. We see that nail, right? Where we see a lot of people like, they simply translate it as the hand of grace nailed in grace where they, they have a picture of Jesus. But what is that word? Jesus, that word is what? Salvation. I think it's much, yes, it was the hand of grace nailed in grace, yes, but I think it's much deeper than that, guys. It's, Yod is the strength of the power of God. It's a man's fist. It's like, mm, right? When somebody's going to get in a fight, like they, they buckle up, right? Like the strength of God. And so it's the fist. It's the work of God. Hey is an open window in Hebrew. It's the, it's the imagination, the limitlessness of God. Vav is a nail which attaches you to something which comes after it. So here's what he's saying. The power of God is what you see attaches yourself to what you see. You'd hey vav hey. Now vav, if we really get into this, so here's vav. The Hebrew letter vav can be seen in the ancient shape of the letter. It looks like a nail. The biblical use in the Hebrew and related languages show the meaning, the picture to mean a hook or a nail. Now listen to this. It is important to understand the hooks are the nails of life. This is where Hebrew is so rich. And they're like, yeah, it's possible. Gosh, we, I think we miss it completely. It says, without knowing... We often become attached, vavd, in a permanent way to something that we may never have willingly chosen. Now, <clears throat> nails and hooks change me into it or into them, and I, and I become part of us or I become part of it. I literally become attached to it. The nails of life are usually the greatest changes to a person's future, happiness or sorrow. Now, if you get this, guys, so here's what he's saying. Gabor, all things are gabor to you. Here's how the kingdom works. He says, whatever you see within, like a camel, you're going to get carried to that end result and be attached to it effortlessly. So be careful what you do within is what he's trying to show you. Does that make sense to you guys? Is that rich or is that rich? Now, if it's that simple, the camel brings us to the end destination. That's Gamel. So if we're, if we're going on a journey, we, we, want, uh, we want a better financial situation. Here's, here's the Gabor, guys. You simply see it as if it's real within. Oh, this would be so great if my life was like this. The camel, that picture that you just did, is going to carry you to that end of destination and become one with you, attach you, bob you, attach you to what you just saw within the tabernacle. Is that good or is that good? I get excited about that, man, because I'm like, it's so much easier and better than what you think. Now, isn't that better? Once you finally get this, guys, what is the rest of God? When he says this, so the rest of God, um, hmm, do I want to share that? 
No, well, let me just share this because I've heard it like this and it, it always bothered me. It never sat quite right because I heard stuff like this. It says, I've heard it like this. When you work, God rests. Have you ever heard that? Um, and when you rest, God works. I, that never sat quite right to me because it, it's like he gives to me and works even when I sleep. You know, it's like it, meaning this, what you picture in quantum physics just says, hey, what you focus on, where, that's where your energy is going to go and you're going to get it. That, that's where science is getting this stuff, which is really fascinating to me. It's as simple as this. I don't have to struggle for it. I don't have to strain for it. The royal rule and reign is this. I've given you the kingdom and here's how simple it is. I can simply see within my cherubim. I can picture something within my mind and just go, you know what? That's my life. Thank you, Father, that I have that. You can't add to the seed. You can't add that. Just like when my wife's pregnant, I can't add to it. Like, I'm going to make this baby do its thing. Like, you're not going to do it. You're probably going to miscarry if you, if you start messing around, right? If you just let it go, are you going to get a baby? You need a baby. So if I plant wheat, like Doug, if I plant wheat in Nebraska, what am I going to get? I get wheat. If you simply picture what you want your life to look like and accept it as true, you don't have to struggle for it all. You don't have to do it. You don't have to strain for it. Just realize that is the seed. It's the kingdom of God. His role, rule, and reign is that simple. And the picture you have there, somehow it's going to gabor. Like this, the power of God, the kingdom of God is going to carry you to the end destination of exactly what you just pictured within your tabernacle. That's your might. That's the dunatos of God. That's the, the mightiness of God. So think about that, guys. When, when there's any kind of situation, that's why I like to just pick, for me, I like to ponder it. I see these light years of galaxies and stuff, and he's like, who, I, I palm that in my hand. I cup the oceans in my hand, and I'm one with you. And it's my father's good pleasure to give you that royal rule and reign. And it's this simple. What you do within, like a seed, carries all the omnipotence, all the power, everything you need, and takes you to the end of destination, and that's who you become. You've, it evolves to you. Easy? Prayer gets fun then, doesn't it? So all you guys that need prayer, you can go info at freedomministries.org. We're, do, we're getting together again tomorrow morning with the prayer group. And that's all we do, guys. Is that, is ask that what we do? We don't get, I mean, we, there's different gifts in there. Like she's got great, um, great vision in the spirit and different things. But really that's all it is. If you just simply did it, all those gifts are is to confirm what we're already doing. But if you do it, you all have the same royal rule and reign. It's not like, the pastor or some other, oh, they're this. You all have it. You're his little flock that he's given it to. Amen? Does that help you? I think that's all I had, right, Jeffrey? Do I have another slide? I do? Oh, oh, get to your feet. Does that help? Oh, and this just reminds me of one of my favorite, my favorite, uh, my favorite prayer quotes ever, because this is really what he's saying. Most people are totally unaware of the creative power of imagination within. This is your Gabor. When you daydream, that's God. When you picture something, that's God. That's his might. Is that simple or is that simple? And the world's, your senses are going to tell you, no, 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 but you, that's the flesh. That's the outer man. You don't have to listen to him. You don't have to listen to Esau. You go in, the Jacob within, because Jacob's going to supplant Esau. The spiritual is going to supplant the physical. You just see how you want it and trust that that's enough. Just go, I, I see that's real. Before I've even answered, you've said, yes, Father. So I receive that. That will become attached to me and become real in my life all on its own. I can't add to it. 
And if there's anything you need to do, it'll just happen to you. You'll, you'll get an urge to do this or that, but don't get bent out of shape about that. You'll look back. That's where Steve Jobs and some of these guys get it. He goes, I can't. I could only connect the dots looking backwards. I just went with what I believed in my heart. Isn't that cool? Like, praise God. Wouldn't that be good for Christians? We're just going, oh, is that God? Is that me? Is that the devil? Is that this? Song <laughs> What? That's not his royal rule and reign. Simply see it and it comes to pass like a seed. The might is in the seed, the omnipotence within you. So people are totally unaware of the creative power of imagination within. So they bow before the dictates of facts. I don't care how ridiculous it is. If you can see it within and accept that as real, thank you, Father, it comes to pass in your life. That's prayer. They bow before the dictates of facts and accept life on what they perceive with their outer man, their senses. When you discover the creative power within, your dunamas, your dunamatos, your gabor, you will boldly assert the supremacy of your imagination and put all things physical into subjection to it. That's cool to me. That's what I'm trying to get across to you. Amen? So, Father, we just thank you. We love you. We praise you. Just let people see who they are. It's not a struggle. It's not a strain. They don't have to add anything to your omnipotence. It's just really coming alive to who we are, that we will come one with you. Realize that we're one with you. And we have your Gabor. We have your Genatos. We simply see it, trust that it's real, and go about our business, knowing that that will happen in our life. So we can just expectantly and joyfully wait for the harvest. That's how the kingdom works, and he's given it to his little flock. We just say thank you for that amazing truth in Jesus' magnificent name.